M A I N M U M U Main Menu Main Menu Welcome to Main Menu for July 4th, 2009. I'm Jimmy Pauls. This week, we conclude our interview with Mike Arrigo about his experiences using the Mac. We'll talk about what currently works well on the Mac as well as what could use some improvement. That's coming up on this edition of Main Menu, but first, we have a short technology roundup. Well, this week, GW Micro took the spotlight. About the time I was uploading Main Menu to the server last week, they released version 7.1 of Window Eyes. And this week, on June 30th to be exact, they unveiled the BookSense. That's the new reader that they've been talking about for quite some time. The unit weighs 4 ounces and comes in two models, the BookSense Standard and XT. Both units play audio, including MP3, MP4, AUG, WAVE, WAX, and M4A, which are iTunes files, that's pretty neat, as well as WMA content. The DAISY content, which the reader supports, includes NLS and Bookshare, and you can certainly play Audible content on the BookSense as well. The unit ships with an SD card, and depending on which unit you get, you will receive a different size card in your package. You can charge the unit with the supplied USB port. When it's plugged into your computer, the unit is charging. Both units also serve as a digital recorder with a mono internal microphone, and it supports a stereo external mic. also has stereo speakers on the front of the unit. RFB&D content is not currently supported, but it is coming in a very soon-to-be-released upgrade according to the company, and that will not cost you anything to download. It does not currently ship with the ability to play DRM-protected WMA files such as OverDrive books at this time, but that is also coming in the near future. You can read many different document formats as well on the unit, all of them that you would expect. The most notable addition, I suppose, is Office 2007, so the DOCX format is supported on the BookSense. The unit has a clock, and you can actually get the time announced when the unit is shut off. That's another pretty neat feature. The XT version of the BookSense has 4 gigabytes of internal memory. It also has Bluetooth capability, and you can purchase a $39 Bluetooth stereo headset from GW Micro. The XT also has an FM radio built in. From now until September 30th, you can purchase the BookSense standard for $314 plus $10 shipping. After September 30th, that will cost you $349. You can purchase the XT for $449 until September 30th, and after that the price will go to $499 plus $10 shipping. And again, you can go to www.gwmicro.com, find the BookSense link, read about that information, download the presentation. You cannot currently purchase the BookSense online, but you are certainly welcome to give their sales department a call, and I'm sure they would be happy to set you right up. And now, let's get right to our interview with Mike Arrigo. Another 
a big thing on the Mac that's really good is the way you can do a full system backup. Now, of course, in Windows, there's, there's plenty of you know backup programs, but of course, the big thing for a blind user is, well, that's great if you can back it up if that's accessible, but if you need to restore your whole system, a lot of times there's no way to do that with, uh, with speech, which I, I have yet to find a way that actually really does do it in Windows where you can totally restore your system totally without sighted help you know, and have it work. Yeah. Um, well, on the Mac, you have a couple of options. You have one that's built in. It's called Time Machine. And that will back up to an external drive. And then if you need to restore your whole system, you can actually boot off of your OS disk, again, using the holding down the C key and booting that way and restore it you know, using a voiceover. But the really cool thing on the Mac that you can do, if you've got an external hard drive, this is great. There's a program out, and it's, uh, uh, it's actually free. And I think you can pay for it, and it'll give you some extra features like incremental backups. But... For this particular feature, it is free. It's called Super Duper. It's a backup program. And if you've got an external hard drive, what that'll do is it'll back up your whole system to this external drive. And then what you can do is you connect it, your external drive to a USB port. You fire up the Mac and you hold, again, the option key down, which gives you a list of uh, your, your startup disks. And you can select that hard drive and literally boot off of your external hard drive and use the computer just as if it's your it's your internal. Wow. So you have, you know, speech, but everything. I mean, you could literally take that hard drive then to any Mac, connect it, and boot that Mac with all of, you know, your stuff on it and leave the internal drive untouched. <laughs> That's cool. And you got all your speech. So then if you need to restore your, your whole system, for some reason, you would simply boot off of your external drive and uh, tell this program basically to restore everything back to your internal so it's i mean the so you've got a backup and a restore solution that's not only accessible but you can even use the external drive for functions so i mean i, I don't think windows will let you install to an external drive well with this you could essentially boot off of your external uh, drive and then run your windows virtual machine from your external drive so literally that way you can run windows off an external drive if you want to now one of the things of course that and and you covered this very well and i think uh that perhaps this is podcast six you can tell me if it's not is the uh go ability to go into an apple store and basically mm-hmm. play with a mac that is six yes yes and i mean that for that would just be fun to do even if you didn't have the money to, to buy a mac for you know just the ability to be able to to do that but you give some really good uh tips uh as to um to you know what to, how to do it what to do because it's possible that the person in the store is not going to know what voiceover is uh, or not know much about it, but uh, you, as apparently it's quite easy to, to do. What you can do is uh, the command key is located both to the left and the right of the space bar, and you hold that key and you press uh, F5 to start voiceover. Now, there is one slight curveball to that, uh, as it were. Yeah. Um, the function keys on a Mac can be configured to do two different things. They can be configured to do software functions, which is usually where you're going to want to have it set. Or they can be configured to do hardware functions, like change the volume or the brightness, uh, that type of thing. If VoiceOver doesn't start, then the function keys might be configured to do the hardware functions, and that's more common on a notebook, uh, on a laptop. But in that case, what you would do is you would hold the command and the function key uh, and press F5. Now, on a desktop keyboard... A uh, function is located, well, if you look at the uh, the set of six keys 
on most uh, like uh, the Windows keyboards, you got uh, like you know insert, uh, end, and page down, and then above that you've got uh, I'm sorry, delete. Actually, it's delete. Right. And and page down, and then above that you've got the insert home and page up. Function would be where the insert would be. Okay. On that, uh, on a laptop, I think it's the bottom left. Right. Of the keyboard where where functions at, but once you uh, activate a voiceover, yeah, the keys that are most important to know. Really, there's only seven of them. If you know these seven keys, certainly there are other ones that you, you know, will want to learn, and and some that'll need you know you'll need to know like you know going to the menu bar and, and that type of thing. But for the most part, um, the real keys you need to know are. You hold the control and the option keys down. That's also called the VO, you know, combination because that's for voiceover navigation. Again, unless you use an numeric keypad, which you can do if you got a desktop keyboard. But right. so control option left and right to go to you know, previous and next item respectively, mm-hmm. and then control option up and down. Although you really won't need to use those too much because as you do left and right, when it needs to go to the, you know down to the next item, it, it will do that. Right. But for reading lines, sometimes it helps to have you know to do. Control option up and down. Uh, control option spacebar uh, selects the item or activates it. Um, and then control option shift down arrow interacts with an item and control option shift up arrow stops interacting uh, w- with an item. With those keys, you should be able to navigate and, and, and explore the Mac a little bit. And that's one thing that really, uh, I almost had to laugh at that article that NFB article, because they said that uh, the Mac uh, has a lot of inconsistency. And I'm thinking, inconsistency? Yeah. Okay. You you know those keys, and they work in any application. They work when browsing the web. They work when navigating an a- application. How is that inconsistent? If anything, I think the Windows screen readers actually have more inconsistency, because you've got all these different applications where you've got you know keystrokes specific to each application and, and that type of thing. Right. But with those keys, that should get you started uh, if, if you want to go into a store and, and, and try one. Um, you know, it's nav- navigation. And Apple has built a very robust tutorial into VoiceOver, correct? Yes. Uh, when VoiceOver is running, you press uh, Control-Option-Command, so you'd hold all three keys down to the left of, of the spacebar, or right of the spacebar on most keyboards, yeah. and press F8. Okay. And uh, that uh, will start the tutorial and it, it takes you through you know learning the keyboard and what it then does is it puts up a screen of controls like check boxes and and radio buttons and and that type of thing uh that you can um you know basically i mean you can check uncheck them you know select the buttons they don't do anything they're just there for demonstration purposes nice. um but you, it basically gives you an environment where you can, you know, try the different things and see how VoiceOver, you know, reads them. Yes. So it does have that uh, built into it. One of the other things, and I, I swore I wasn't going to spend very much time um, shredding the NFB article because you Mac users have done a pretty good job of doing that, actually. But one of the things that it was stated in the article that really um, kind of uh, stumped me when I actually started looking at the Apple documentation is there was the complaint that there was no description of uh, the OS or using VoiceOver with the OS. And I'm thinking, okay, chapters 2, 3, 4, there are exercises at the end of each chapter for doing different things. And I believe one of the chapters is actually called performing, you know, 
everyday functions. And one of the chapters, I think, is even called, isn't it, uh, an intro- introduction to uh, Mac OS X, yeah, I think? Yeah. Well, you figure this, the, the, the screen reader documentation, okay, is about 100 pages. Now, that, number one, you know it's going to go into a lot of detail. And number two, you know for with that size of a, of a user's guide that the screen reader has to have some <laughs> some decent functionality right. to it. Plus, something I mean, else I was thinking about uh, earlier when I knew you and I were going to talk, and I've actually thought about this quite a bit off and on, the major Windows screen readers, and maybe you can help me out, I'm trying to figure out how old they are. Um, would we be talking 15 years old, maybe? Uh, yeah, I believe, well, Window Bridge was the first one. That came out in 92. Okay. Then uh, Outspoken came out uh, at the end of 94, I think, Outspoken for Windows. And then I think a JAWS... Uh, jumped on board then. I think Window Eyes came out for Windows 3.1, I believe, around the end of '95. Uh, I think it was. Uh, WinVision, of course, came out around that time too. So yeah, around you can say 14 to 16 yeah. years that time frame. And Voiceover is how old? Voiceover came out uh, in 2005. So you're looking at about a four-year-old screen reader. I mean, that's you know you got to give them some time to develop some stuff you know you got well, exactly like i say it's it's uh, you know considering this is essentially is essentially voiceover version 2.0 for lack of a better term <laughs> it does quite a bit i mean think about when the windows computers were version 2.0 what they did back back in the yeah. day yeah i i mean i think actually well of course the times are different now but uh, VoiceOver, I think, for being version 2.0, it does a lot more than the Windows screen readers did when they were 2.0. Right. right. Another thing that was not mentioned at all in that article was um, resources in the blind community. Forget the Apple site. Um, no mention of mailing lists, no mention of um, podcasts, no mention of any way to connect with other blind Mac users. So now's your chance to give some resource information besides your podcasts. Yeah, there's I don't know off the top of my head the the actual subscribing information, but I know that there I believe the Mac there's at least one of the Mac mailing lists that I'm on and it's on Google Groups. So if you if you uh, go to Google Groups and you search for uh, you know Mac or Macintosh, you, you should find it. Um there are Two or three you know, email lists uh, that uh, that I know of that um, you know for uh, Macintosh users. Also, uh, if any of you are a member of uh, Saratech, you know the, the SA Mobile Network, right. which I'm a big uh, fan of. I've actually lost count on how many people on that network have actually bought Macs. Uh, there's been quite a bit, and there's actually a, a separate forum now for Mac users, and we have our own uh, chat, you know, every Friday night. So that's the resource if you're a member of that. Um, so there's those are the places I would say, you know, to to kind of start if um, you know if you're looking for for that. There's there's definitely a lot of people that are willing to to help and to answer questions. And the other thing that's big in the uh, Mac community also is the the developers of Macintosh software. They just seem they seem much more willing in a lot of ways if there is an issue with accessibility because you know Apple's built you know the APIs there for applications to use. And the cool thing is actually if it's programmed in uh, Cocoa, which is the native uh, kind of programming language of the Mac, and in ten point six, 
I think all the applications are going to be ported over to that. If it's a Cocoa application, they don't even have to do anything really extra. If it's programmed in standard you know, Cocoa, it's just going to work. Yeah. It, just, it just works out of the box. Yeah. Um, but the developers on the Mac are, are, seem to be much more willing in most cases to, to fix accessibility issues if they're you know, if there are any. And of course, the other good thing about that is, since VoiceOver is built into every Mac, a developer, you know, can actually test their own software to make sure that it's accessible. Wow, I hadn't thought about that. That's, that's actually a great point. Yeah. Which, you know, really helps because then, you know, they, they can test something right away and, and, and you know, know if it's going to, you know, work without even having to, you know, get a bunch of testers with mm-hmm. it, you know, to use it. So, um and VoiceOver itself has um, help built in too. I mean, if you're if you're sitting on a control or you're you're, you're sitting someplace, it's it's kind of like the context sensitive help in uh, the window screen readers, except it actually takes it a step further, which is good. Um, if you're sitting on an item like a button or something like that, uh, you can press a keystroke, and VoiceOver will basically put up a menu of options that you can do with that control. Whether you want to, you know. Uh, activate it or uh, maybe interact with it or you know bring up like if you're on an HTML content bring up uh, a links list I mean it, it puts all this in a menu and you can simply arrow through it and when you find the item you want to do just press enter and it executes that option as if you had pressed the keystroke to do it. I saw that in the user guide that really looks cool that that's pretty impressive yeah. actually. It's it's really it's really awesome yeah. it's uh, and the other thing too on the web yeah, that's everything in that article. They say browsing the web is uh, is cumbersome. That that is that is I, I I have no idea where they're coming up with that because a voiceover gives you the same information. I mean, it does you know tell you where all the links headings you can move by heading by uh by frame by um you know to the next form field. Uh, you know you can and then it's got this feature which actually works in any window. Actually, not just the web, but in the case of the website, um, it basically puts up a, a menu of all the items on a page, not just the links, but all the items, and then you type in just a part of it that you know that you're looking for, and then it narrows the menu down to those items. You know, you pick the one you want, press enter, and it moves your voiceover cursor right to it. Yeah, you were demonstrating uh, downloading a piece of uh, a Flash, um, uh, gosh, what am I trying to say, uh, Flash application, um, and, right. and you pulled up the item chooser. I think you just typed Flash. And there were like three items, and one of them was download the Flash Player. And yeah, that was exactly that was pretty, uh, pretty powerful demonstration actually when you when you showed because when you read about the item chooser, you know it's like oh okay that sounds okay, but when you actually see it uh, used, that's that's actually quite powerful. Well, and it works in any window, not just not just the web. Of course, in uh, when the Windows screen readers, you know, you can just mainly get a link a list of the links, you know, on a web page. But if like you're in a separate application, like. Uh, Oh, I don't know, like system preferences on the Mac, which is the equivalent of, you know, the Windows control panel or, you know, something to that effect. You know, you really, um, in Windows, you wouldn't have something like that. But uh, you can use that item chooser in any, you know, window and essentially use that to find something very, very quickly. And it also has a search feature, too, you know, where you can just type in a search string and it'll search for it. So it has that as well, which is good. Now, one thing I didn't see mentioned and I I didn't see you demonstrate in um, VoiceOver is the feature that I've kind of used in a lot of screen reading applications, although sometimes it doesn't work very well. 
and that is to like hit uh, the letter X in Windowize or the letter N in JAWS or System Access to jump to the first chunk of text that isn't a link. And sometimes that can be pretty handy. Um, how do you kind of get around? Because it looks like if you're at the top of a web page with a gazillion links, it looks like there's you're going to have to tab, or not tab, but use the voiceover commands to get past all those. Um, you don't have to. There's actually two ways around that. Um, there are keys, like if you're sitting on a link, um, I don't know if there is a command to go to the next plain text. I don't know if that works on a website, but one I know that definitely works is like if you're sitting on a, on a link at the top of a page, there's a command that says go to the next element that's different okay. than a link. Okay. So you have that. And then you've also got actually two different ways to browse the web uh, on a voiceover. You have what's called um, the DOM, the document object model, which which does it in a lot of ways the same way a Windows screen reader would, would do it. And that's the way I, I use just because I, I prefer it uh, that way. But it's a personal preference. And then you've got the other way is called group mode. And what this is, is it actually analyzes the page and divides things up into groups. So for example, uh, you might load a page and then all of those links at the top of a page might be one group. If you want to read that group of items in the usual way, you interact with it, and then you can go to each link and that kind of stuff. If you don't want to go, if you don't want to, uh, if you're not interested in that particular group of things, you simply skip right, skip right past it. So that's another way to, to get around that uh, that issue. The other thing about VoiceOver, which I'll mention for the web, is uh, speed. Uh, its ability to load pages and give them to you is lightning fast even on a page uh i think the one that a lot of people test uh is uh you know for to see how fast your screen is going to load it is like the empowerment yeah. zone it's at, what three thousand links it, yes i will just show you how fast it loads okay uh let me just open a new window okay now what it says you know html content when um when it's loaded okay so i'm going to type uh E-M-P-O-W-E-R-M-E-N-T-Z-O-N-E dot com. And I'm going to press uh, enter now. Let's see. HTML and there it is. It's, it's done. 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 That is it. Interact with it. I can go to the bottom of the page. Link. Sink or swim. Internet Sink or swim. Tools. Internet search tools. That's the last link. It's done. That is. That's how long it takes. Yeah. Wow. That's how long it takes to load the page. And it doesn't really load it into a buffer per se it, it doesn't it navigates it of course correctly but it's not it doesn't have to go through this whole thing of like decolumizing it and loading it into a buffer like the windows screen reader ones do because it has you know it has direct access to it since it's since it's uh, you know built in it's not something that was written to piggyback on top of it so that's how long it takes to load you know empowerment zone into you know render the whole page we just you know jump to the very end of the page it was funny because was on the, the you know sometimes when you're listening to a podcast you're almost like uh, uh, the guy kind of um, just kind of objectively listening and you almost pick up things that your presenter didn't and on, on the podcast it loaded and it happened so fast that you weren't aware of it um, and I'm sitting there listening to it say HTML content and you're still waiting for it to load and it, all of a sudden it dawned on you and you, you were like um, actually it's already loaded so, and you just you right. just confirmed that just this then that's yeah. Yeah, 
it, it loads and renders it, you know, very fast, better or faster than even, you know, Explorer or Firefox do in, in Windows, if I'm not mistaken. I've never done a side-by-side comparison, but it, it's, well, the issue, if anything's going to be slow, it's going to be the actual load time, you know, of NetLag or, or the browser loading the page. It's not going to be, you know, voiceover needing a lot of time to buffer it or any of that stuff, because it doesn't, it doesn't really do that. Yeah. Something else I noticed uh, when it uh, when you're listening for progress indicators or you know like you're downloading a file, um, VoiceOver doesn't make you um, wait. In, in other words, a lot of the Windows screen readers will you know still be sitting on twenty percent, and you know the page is done. In other words, it's still speaking all those percentages. Whereas VoiceOver, if I understand right, it literally kind of keeps up with what's going on. It's it's yep, and it doesn't force you to listen to that if you don't want to and that was another criticism in that article they were saying well it doesn't uh it doesn't tell you the pro- progress unless you're actually focused on it no it doesn't it doesn't assume the way the window screeners do it doesn't just assume that you want to hear that if you want to you can move to it and keep it there and, and read the progress if you don't you move away from it and it doesn't keep saying it. it doesn't it doesn't make those assumptions that you want to hear it that that again gets back to the main to the main difference it doesn't make those decisions for you is what to speak. If you want it, it's there, but you have to, you know, you have to ask for it, sure. essentially. Yeah. And, you know, that, I, I actually like that because, uh, um, you know, that, that it gives you the most flexibility as far as, uh, as far as, you know, reading and the computer is not deciding what, what should be spoken. The end user is. And uh, I just, I prefer it that way uh, in a lot of ways. So what are some things that uh, Apple need to work on? What are some things that could work better with VoiceOver or with applications that you use on a regular basis? Okay. Um, the Well, the one thing that does not work at all on the Mac, and I, I don't think it's really VoiceOver's fault necessarily or even Apple's fault. It's uh, Adobe. There is no Flash whatsoever. Okay. Uh, flash does not work, and Adobe, the last I heard Adobe has pretty much said they – aren't interested in even adding support for it mm. with, with the flash they don't think they don't think there's enough mac users to to warrant that wow um so now on the flip side of that um yeah, i'm not going to say it's necessarily a blessing in disguise because i don't know if there's any sites that absolutely require it but on the flip side uh and this is unfortunate most of the sites that have flash though it isn't labeled correctly unfortunately exactly. so a lot of times your screen is just going to say, you know, your Windows screen is going to say button, button, button. And my thing is, if that's all you're going to say, I would almost rather you not say anything. I, I hear you. Uh, and in fact, because that 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 serves no purpose, right? Really. It, so if it's if that's you know if if most of the flash sites were labeled correctly, I could see that as more of a bigger thing. But like 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 I say, it's most of them aren't, and that accessibility has been around for a couple of uh, you know of years, so. Yeah. That um, you know, but but again, if that's all it's going to say, I would almost rather rather it not say anything, right? Because that I don't I don't find that productive. Um, other than that, it's I, I mean, it's not so much. I mean, some people would say, well, Apple needs to work on you know the interactions, so you don't have to interact with with things so much. I I, I don't see that as a as a problem. I I really don't. That's just the way it. It does things, and and it has its its a share of advantages. Um, I don't know if it's so much 
what they need to work on with voiceover. I mean, there, there's always room for you know improvement. Obviously, in ten point six, you know they, they've done some things. I mean, no screen reader is perfect, sure. um, but there are some things that you know hopefully will. It's more, I think, a broader scale of what can't you do on the Mac, perhaps that you can still that you can do in, in Windows. Um, there is OCR available uh, on the Mac. There's an Omni page, and there's a couple of other. I think Read Read Iris or something like that is an another program that does OCR, so that works. That's accessible, although you're not going to have the interface to be able to scan and read at the same time like you're going to have in Kurzweil 1000. Now, of course, having said that, that's not even so much a limitation of the Mac that the Mac's not capable of that. It's just that development hasn't been done uh, for right. it. Um, remote access. Um, Currently, there is no accessible way to remotely access another person's uh, Mac computer, although that is actually being worked on, and it's going to be free when that comes out, which is going to be yeah. good. Um, other than that, I, I'm trying to think. I, I listened to an oh. interview with Josh uh, Delancourt, and he said something about that the iLife suite maybe needs some, some work. Yes, I don't. I don't use that, so I. Um, it doesn't affect me directly, but yes, I. I. Uh, I will agree. Um, GarageBand, that's an audio editor that that could use some work, and the other. Um, I think the calendar, iCal, uh, could also use uh, some work from what I've heard. I don't. I don't use those apps myself, right. but uh, I've heard of people getting them to work. But it's. Um, it is. Um, it is a bit more of a challenge, probably, than it should be from from what I've heard. So yeah, that that is something that uh, that could use um, that probably could use some work. Um, there is a great, uh, excellent instant messaging client uh, for the Mac, Adium. It's called, and it works with. Uh, actually, maybe you could tell me what some of these things actually mean. I don't know. Here is all the things that uh, I. It, it supports so many different things, and some of these I never even heard of, and I'm wondering what in the world they are. Um, but to describe it, it's it's accessible, um, and not only does it read very well with VoiceOver, but as far as automatically speaking messages, you can actually configure it to automatically speak the messages, even if you're not in the application. Aside from VoiceOver, right? It, it doesn't even use VoiceOver for that okay. feature. Here's what here's what we've got: AOL Instant Messenger. I know what right. that is, of course. Um, Jabber. I've heard of that. Um, in fact, I think System Access is using that for their socializer. So I wonder if you could actually type in your MSN stuff as a Jabber account and it would still work. Uh, I don't know. Not yeah. I don't know. Okay. Um, MSN Messenger, that's what I use. I think that's the one that most blind people seem right. to use. Um, Yahoo Messenger, which uh, it was also works. Sure. Bonjour. I've seen that on my... Uh, when, when I installed iTunes and Windows, it, that it gets installed sometimes, so I didn't know what it was. I didn't either. Okay. Um Facebook. Oh wow! So it supports that directly. Gata uh, Gata. That's how it pronounces it. I have no idea what that I'm is. With that. Um, Google Talk. Okay. ICQ. Yeah. Um, Live Journal. Hmm. Lotus Same Time. Wow. MobileMe. That's an Apple service, I think. MySpace Instant Messaging. Novell Groupwise, uh, QQ, whatever that is, SIP, Simple, Yahoo Japan, uh, and then Zephyr. Okay. 
Wow. So those that's uh, those are all the ones that are supported in this one uh, program. Sounds like uh, that should pretty well cover the bases. Uh, I'm thinking. So that works um, really well. Of course, Skype works really well. That's what I've been using for this. Um, you know, for for the Mac, uh, Skype on the Mac. Right. Um, there's a great CD burning program. Um, unfortunately, Roxio they make one for the Mac. They make, of course, Creator and Windows. They have one called Toast on the Mac. Unfortunately, it's uh, not very accessible with VoiceOver, and they seem to have no no interest in, in fixing it. Um, when you move through it with VoiceOver, VoiceOver just says a lot of times unknown, yeah. and it can't it can't read the controls. And uh, but there is a great program called Simply Burns, which is free, wow. actually, yeah. and uh, it's very accessible. Um, on the Mac, uh, Apple's new uh, Office Suite, which is cheaper than Office. I don't know how much Microsoft Office is, but Apple's Suite is uh, 79 I oh, think. Well, that's quite a bit cheaper then. And it, <laughs> it's got uh, three applications. I are Pages, which is the word processor, uh, Numbers, which is the spreadsheet, and then a Keynote, which is the uh, presentation. And from what I've heard, I've never tried this, but uh, all three of those programs will open, of course, Microsoft Office, but... Uh, in the keynote, uh, opening a PowerPoint presentation and using VoiceOver with it, it actually works better than using PowerPoint itself with the Windows screen readers. Wow. Um, so Apple's Apple's new uh, Office Suite is um, is accessible. Um, there are uh, two Twitter clients that are accessible: a Syrinx and a Twitterific. Okay. Those are uh, accessible. Uh, there is also a Torrent client. I think it's called uTorrent. Mm-hmm. Um, that is. Um, that works really well. So plenty of third-party programs do work. And if you go to the Apple site uh, under the accessibility, they, they list uh, a lot of the applications that do work. Uh, the email program on the Mac is really good. Um, so it works It works really nicely. Of course, the web browser, uh, Safari, mm-hmm. works great. So it, it's just, I mean, like I say, I, I use Windows less and less. There's only a couple of things that I absolutely have to use it for. But for everyday stuff, email, web, Music, uh, playing CDs, my uh, chats—it's—it's uh, it's the Mac all the way. It's yeah, very good. Now, you, when you talk about the email program, uh, can you do things like put messages in conversations and collapse and expand? And have you played with that? Yep. Oh, awesome, excellent. I haven't done it. Um, cause I've just got one account, and uh, you know, I, I just take my mail and I, I, I read it. Um, you know, as it is, but that is. Um, that is doable, and you can also have it uh, when you if you have multiple accounts. Um, I don't think Outlook Express will do this. It kind of puts it all in one place. Right. With uh, the mail program on the Mac, you can you can actually have it both ways. You can have it do that, or you can actually have it uh, do a separate uh, inbox for each account if you want to. Okay, very good. So I think Eudora actually does that with different accounts, or at least it used yeah. to. Um, so that uh, that works uh, really really nice. Um, another thing I just installed the other day. Uh, is the under chat client, uh, the Ventrilo client for the Mac that works really nicely. Okay, yeah. What what about finance management? I've never done right. it. Um, not not on there. I I've done the closest thing I've done to finance management is um, I have paid my uh, bills using online banking sure. with with uh, you know the web on the Mac and that works great actually. Yeah. Um, what what is interesting too about uh, VoiceOver, which I find kind of interesting. Um, and maybe you know Apple seeing that it you know was happening maybe already built in support for it and initially I don't know but uh, I remember the Windows screen readers you know and Windowize I think is still even working to catch up a bit um, to build in support for these dynamically changing pages where like you'll click a link or you'll 
hit a radio button or something like that, and it won't load another page. What will happen is it will just change another part of the same page, basically. And with that, voiceover just works. It just – it was never – I mean, it – like I said, I don't know if Apple did put support in that originally for – that and you just and you just don't don't know it or if it just works based on the architecture but it it has no trouble with those pages you know whatsoever um it just it just works um the other thing too that's good about um the voiceover on the web is there are some links and things in windows i've seen some people say it happens in windows with the paypal side i haven't used paypal on windows so long that it I, i don't know but it doesn't happen on the mac certainly like some of these links you'll get where pressing enter on it doesn't actually activate the link and what you actually literally have to do is move the mouse to it and actually click mm-hmm. it to get it that's that's also not an issue with uh with voiceover the activate item usually works i've only seen a few cases where it really doesn't where you have to move the mouse to something and actually do a mouse click on the link but the difference there too is at least i've seen a lot of times in windows when you tell your screener to move the mouse to like your element mm-hmm. it usually gets it wrong yeah you have to <laughs> it doesn't put it on the right, right. place um voiceover always seems to get it right mm-hmm. when you do have to put your mouse on something it always it always seems to get it yeah um but um so i have paid um i have paid uh, you know my bills using using the web with the mac and that works great uh i have seen on the lists that uh, one person was using a uh, quickbooks uh, the version of quickbooks on the mac with a uh, voiceover and it does seem to work okay. how about Web publishing. Have you read any reports on that one? Um, no, that I have not. Right. Uh, you can certainly. Um, I mean, I know there's. The, I know some people choose to just write it. Exactly, hand code the HTML. And that certainly you can do with uh, text edit, right. which is uh, kind of similar, the equivalent to WordPad in Windows, except text edit does a lot more. Um, it'll even open and save a uh, Office 2007 files. Oh wow. And that's built into that. You don't even have to get the Office suite for that. And you can save it as uh, HTML uh, in that uh, program. So that would certainly be an option. And then TextEdit is uh, fully accessible. It uh, works works great. Um, as is, you know, iWork, uh, Apple's Office suite, the newest version. You could use Pages, you know, too, for something like that. It's more powerful, and uh, it is um, it's accessible. I believe there is a program to iWeb. I believe it is, and I think I remember reading people using it. I, I believe it, that works too. So yeah, I, I would say you, you can do that. Sure. Uh, yeah, that that's doable. Great. I suppose the, uh-huh. the last major thing we probably need to do um, is to talk about the different uh, Macs that are available, the different uh, configurations. Okay. Uh, for that, I'll start uh, with the cheapest, and then uh, we'll work our way. Um, up the first one and this is what i've actually got is the mac mini now what this is it's about the size probably of a portable dvd player it's and you can read all the specs too if you want to know more about this you can go to apple.com their site uh you know you you shouldn't have any trouble with with that um the mini is it's considered a desktop because it doesn't use uh, batteries but it's probably about two or three inches tall and maybe about six inches around each way and it's a square and it weighs probably about two or three pounds that's the main cpu unit um so it's it could easily fit into a backpack i mean um and it has you know everything built in the one i've got it's got an intel dual core two gigahertz uh, processor it's got 120 gig hard drive um it's got wi-fi bluetooth 
uh, four USB ports on the back. Uh, it's got a monitor port, uh, though you don't have to use that. Uh, it's got you know input output for the audio. It's got Ethernet, uh, FireWire, and for a blind person, that may be the best one if you don't need a screen. Because I mean, if you want to connect one, you can, but otherwise, you're not paying for a screen that you may not need. Right. And those uh, sell for I think five forty nine now and seven forty nine. Um, and uh, the seven forty nine one I think goes to a two point four gigahertz. Uh, I think it's got two gigs of RAM and a three hundred and twenty gig hard drive, and it also has a DVD CD burner on uh, the front. Uh, it's a slot loading uh, drive, so you can uh, you know do all your burning. So uh, that's that's the mini. And again, it's considered a desktop because. Well, the power supply is external, and then you do plug in your own keyboard. You can get an Apple keyboard, or you can use any um, USB you know, keyboard that'll work just fine, uh, except for one difference. Uh, on a USB, if you use like a Windows keyboard, two of the keys are reversed. Uh, the Windows key on a Windows keyboard uh, is the Command key on a Mac, and the Alt key is the Option key. Okay. And of course, the Windows key is the middle key, you know, in that three rows, in that three key set. Whereas the Alt key, of course, is the you know the the one next to the spacebar. On a Mac keyboard, the command key is first, closest to the spacebar, and then you've got the option key. So those two keys are, are reversed. Essentially, other than that, though, it, it, it works right. fine. Um, so you can... Uh, I've actually fixed a few of my friend's laptops, and those were uh, PCs, and I really don't like laptop keyboards as, as much. I like to have my numpad and stuff, so what I've done, I've just taken my Mac keyboard, which is USB, and just plugged into a, la- a PC laptop, and that also works just yeah. fine. Um, it's It's not proprietary or anything like that. It works fine. So, um, you know, and any USB mouse will work. Um, so that, that's not an issue. Um, so after that, then, um, if, well, if we're doing price here, um, probably the next thing up would be your MacBooks, which are, are the laptops. Right. Uh, you've got the MacBook, and then now you've got the MacBook Pro, which the Pro now, uh, they've got a couple of models of that. They've got a 13-inch Pro, which is actually aluminum. Oh. It's the aluminum model. And uh, then you've got the 17-inch one, which, of course, as you get bigger, then you, you kind of sacrifice your portability a little right. bit. Um, but it is available, you know, should you want it. And then back on the desktop front, you've got the uh, IMAX. Now, what this is, uh, is it is a fully contained unit. So the, you know, the main, the, the CPU, all the hardware, and the screen is all contained in one unit. Mm. It's... Uh, so of course you're going to pay a little more. I think they'll start at like 1100, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, the MacBook starts at around uh, 995 or something like that. I think I was seeing the other day. So, right. Yeah. Right. Which one thing too, I want to comment on the price. Some people say, you know, well, the Apples are, you know, a lot more expensive than a PC, and it's and it's like that's true to an extent, but remember that a lot of these, if if you want a good quality PC, whether you build one or if you want one that is decent quality. You're going to pay about the same price. You know, you talk about these. Well, the netbooks, of course, are kind of in a class of their own. Those are designed to be cheaper, and their main focus is, is portability. Um, but if you're talking a desktop computer, you know, and some might say, "Well, why should I pay, you know, seven hundred dollars when I can for the Mac, the Mac Mini? It's a desktop when I can get maybe a a PC for you know four or five hundred desktop." And it's like, yeah, you can, but I can pretty much guarantee you, you buy these, um, you know, cheaper Dells and gateways. Number one, the quality of the hardware probably is not going to be very good. That's one thing that kills me too about these people that say, "Well, it costs so much more to to build a PC than uh, 
than 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 to just buy one. And it's like, you know, the case costs, um, you know, and the power supply costs sixty to a hundred dollars alone and stuff. And and it's like, would you consider, you know, if you're going to build a PC, would you consider just buying the cheapest uh, case off the uh, flea market table with a ten dollar power supply? And most people probably would say, well, they wouldn't. And it's like, what do you think goes into those cheap desktops? Yeah. So that that's that's what you have to think about. So um if you want a decent PC, a really you know really decent one with really good quality components, you're going to pay about the same price you would pay for a Mac. Right. That that's just that's just, you know. So the iMacs though uh started about eh, 1100 maybe uh for the 20 inch. And you figure out how much does a 20 inch monitor cost? Wow. You know, you're going to pay about which again if it's if you got sighted people using it um you know that's might be good to get, but I'd say if you're just a blind person and you're buying so get the mini because so you've got the twenty and twenty four inch IMAX. Uh, those are start eleven hundred. They go from I don't know what the highest one is. Again, you could check the Apple website, mm-hmm. and then if you've really got some money to spend, <laughs> then you can go for the Mac Pro. That's two thousand something dollars, I think. But you figure it has, I think it's uh, two quad core processors in it. I think. So you got eight cores in that yeah. thing, and, and you got like three or four gigs it come it comes with. So, um, and again, you know, if yeah, that now that is more expensive than a lot of PCs, but it's cheaper than others. I mean, if you want to get one of these Alienware PCs or something like that, you're going to pay even more than that, even. Yeah. So, and then you have the Mac Air, which is a very thin. That's probably the closest thing I would say that Apple has to a netbook, though it's it is bigger and it's considered a laptop. Um, I think. But it's not in the price range of a laptop. I think it's like seventeen or eighteen hundred dollars for that. But again, it's it is more of a laptop than a netbook. But it's very thin, and it's it's a little bit smaller, I think, than than some of the you know the MacBooks and and that kind of thing. But the cool thing is about this, of course, it's the same OS that comes with all of these Macs. So you've got VoiceOver and everything you know in them. So no matter which Mac you get, it's going to work the same right. way. And when you're, I, um, I haven't checked everything that you just mentioned, but everything I have looked at on the Apple side, if you go to apple.com forward slash, for example, you can type uh, forward slash MacBook or forward slash mm-hmm. Mac Mini, and you go right to the information. There's not a lot of clutter. It doesn't appear. No, and it is divided up into headings and stuff too, so use your screen readers, you know, key yeah. to go to the headings and you can jump right past those links up at the top of the um, of the page. They their their site is designed, you know, very, very well. It's uh so that they've definitely and you can order them too. I mean you can order them online, they will um they will ship it to you. And if you want something upgraded in it, like if you want more memory and that type of thing, you can, you know, order that at the same time and they will do it for you. One other thing, you know, I should mention too about you know uh, paying more and how some of these PCs are less. Another thing, of course, you have to deal with with those cheaper PCs. One of the things that subsidizes the cost of that is all the junk that they put on those computers. You know, the trialware and everything that you have to go through. You know, uninstalling and, and that type of thing. Right. Um, you don't have any of that on 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 a Mac at all. You, you don't have to deal with that either. You take it out of the box. You go through the setup and and that's it. And of course, the setup. You, know, you take it out, start it up, and start up VoiceOver. And the setup, of course, is is fully accessible. You don't have to go through, uh, you know, getting to a point to where you can install your screen reader or, or you know, that type of thing. And so that that's another um, advantage. Accessibility 
right out of the box. Okay. So, so if you buy a if you buy a um, Apple computer online and it comes to your house when you first turn it on, the speech comes on by default. Is that correct? Do I have that right? No, no it doesn't. Not okay. Come on by default, okay. but what happens is it actually does say when, when you first install it and, and you go through the setup and this is kind of cool it actually says you know if you are a blind computer user press command f5 to start up voiceover okay, i gotcha which is a nice that is a ni- that, that's a nice thing mine actually did not do that i've heard it does though from a lot of people so i'm not sure if mine maybe had been you know started up one time before i'm not right. sure but e- either way it doesn't it doesn't matter really because the, the same keystroke still starts sure. And then, you know, you go through the setup and it will, uh, you know, ask you for your, you know, your information. And uh, the other thing, too, about a Mac, I guess I should comment on about another advantage is hardware compatibility. It it detects so many things. And Apple's not kidding when they say a lot of times it just works. I mean, you figure you plug in you plug in a USB device into a Windows computer, whether it's a USB headset or a flash drive. And the first time you do it, you've got this you know, 20 or 30 second thing, please wait while Windows, you know, installs the drivers and, and configures it. No, you, you plug, even the first time when you plug in a flash drive or, you know, a headset, two or three seconds, it, it's just there. It just works. Yeah. And, it, and it just, the other thing that a Mac does too with relation to a drives, if you get one of these multi, which I use one of these, these multi-function uh, card right. readers, they call them where you got like three or four slots on them. You plug them. You plug it into a Windows machine. It mounts all the drives. A lot of times, you don't know which drive letter is for which slot. So you go through and you press enter on each one. And if it's the wrong one, it says, you know, please insert a disk into this drive and that type of thing. With the Mac, it's actually a bit smarter than that. It only shows you the drives per se that actually have a card in them. So when you put a card in, that's when it shows up. So it doesn't even show you the slots that are empty. Mm. So there's no chance of that even happening. Right. Excellent. Um, it just it just uh, works a lot better. It's much more um, it's much more intuitive as far as that goes. Is there anything that you would uh, like to add, or is there anything you think we need to talk about that we haven't? Yeah, I would say you know it's it's definitely worth you know uh, trying. I think, and if if you really decide you know you'd rather stick with Windows, you just you don't feel like learning something new. You know that's that's an individual choice, but I. You know, a lot more blind people are trying them, and, and if you just if you take your time and and remember that it's it's not going to work the same as Windows. I mean, it's different right. um, in in some ways. You know, and, and take your time. And there's plenty of people who can help you um, with it. I mean, I have never put it this way. I have never heard of someone um, get a Mac and start using it with VoiceOver and really take the time to learn it and say. I don't like it, or I, I like Windows better, or uh, you know that that um, they they just you know that they wanted to stop using it. Basically, I, I've never heard of that happening. Right. By the way, if anybody is wondering, um, the battery level on a uh, Mac that's accessible to that's in what's called the status menus, uh, the built-in Mac OS command to get to it. It's Control F8. Um, that's the equivalent or kind of similar to the Windows uh, system tray it's got like where your wi-fi status and and all that is and you can actually have it 
give you the battery level as a percentage or the level of time remaining. Mm-hmm. So that's that's all fully accessible. Also, it's uh, it's it's not a problem. The voice in the Apple screen reader, uh, Alex, is just pretty cool, isn't it? Oh yeah. yeah. He, uh, it's one of the only voices I know that actually he breathes while he talks. Absolutely. Uh, you know, when I first heard about that, I thought, gosh, would that be really annoying? But when I've listened to the, your demonstrations, that they've, um, and if you read their site, it's pretty interesting um, because I always just assumed that probably when it came to the end of a sentence, they would make him breathe. But it's a lot more intelligent than that. Yes, it is. Sometimes it'll be bigger breaths than others, and, and it... Uh you know, and that was that was done on purpose. They they did that purposely to to um to uh, you know to make it sound more human. And I don't read it at a super fast rate, but apparently too, it um, it can read at a very fast speed, and it's still human sounding, and it doesn't get really uh, choppy. Right, right. Um. So, but yeah, yeah. The uh, it is. There's other voices also you can use on the Mac, but Alex uh, is the one that uh, uh, that I use, and uh, it's it's a good voice. I I, I like it. Well, listen, I want to thank you for taking the time. I've, it's been a lot of fun. And oh, I've enjoyed it immensely. Why don't you go ahead and give us some contact information? Oh, you betcha. Okay. Uh, I'll give you my uh, email address. And uh, if anyone wants to contact me, uh, certainly feel free to do that. would love to hear from you. Uh, if you want to check out my eight podcasts, they are on uh, blindcooltech.com. Just uh, search for Mac, and you'll find there's a couple other Mac ones in there, but uh, you're bound to... Uh, to find mine, uh, and there's eight of them right now, and I'm, like I say, I've got planned what I'm going to do in number nine. I just need to get the time and, and, and record it. Um, and if you want to email me, I uh, would love to hear from you. Got any uh, questions about the Mac? Um, you know, any any, uh, any comments, whatever. Uh, my address is, my ham radio call is the first part, so it's n0oxy at charter, C-H-A-R-T-E-R, dot net and uh, drop me a line uh, if you'd like and let me know what you think if you have any questions and uh, I'd say certainly uh, give the Mac a try Uh, I I think you know if you take the time to really to learn it and you know again if you go into it not expecting it to function the way you know Windows does I I think uh, you'll definitely be uh, well rewarded my thanks to Mike Arrigo for joining us on two shows to discuss his experiences using the Mac please contact him and let him know that you enjoyed his discussion with us. I would appreciate it, and I know he would appreciate it as well. We won't have a main menu show next week because ACB Radio is going to be broadcasting live from the ACB convention. I'm not going to be able to be at the convention, so I will be doing what many of you will be doing, and that's listening live. But after the convention, we will be back full steam ahead. David Tanner is going to talk to us about RFB&D. We're going to take a look at the download manager and just take a tour of the site in general. And then after that, Aaron Edgar is going to bring us a two-part series on Facebook. Many of you have asked for that, and we have it for you. You may remember Aaron from her Twitter presentation, the podcast that she was gracious enough to allow us to rebroadcast on Main Menu. Well, no more rebroadcasts here. Erin is now a permanent fixture. She's now a permanent part of the main menu team, and you're going to be hearing a lot more content from her. That's all coming up in the next few weeks on Main Menu. On behalf of Jeff Bishop and the entire main menu team, I'm Jamie Pauls, wishing you and yours a great week.